Take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14. If you would please stand for the reading of God's Word, if you're able to. John chapter 14. We're actually going to begin a new series tonight on Sunday nights that I've titled the series, Living in Unsettled Times. Definitely we're living in some unsettled times and difficult times and struggles that a lot of times we haven't seen before. But, uh, you know, that doesn't mean that we have to succumb to all that and, and let it eat us and let it worry us and let it beat us down. And uh, we're going to look at, at some of this here that I think that uh, the Lord would have us to look at. John chapter 14, we're going to read the first six verses. It says, Let not your heart be troubled. <clears throat> you believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Whither I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas saith unto him, Lord, we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. There in verse 1, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. I'd like to preach a message I've titled, Keep Your Head On Straight. Let's pray. Father, we come to you and we ask now that you would be with us tonight. Help us to draw near unto you. And Lord, truly, we live in some different times. Truly, there are some difficulties and struggles and stress. But Father, I pray that you help us to realize that this is a time for Christians to shine. This is a time for Christians to be that witness. This is a time for Christians to be that testimony. Really, it's a time for Christians to learn how to rejoice and to magnify the Lord and glorify you. Bless now the preaching of thy word, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You be seated. Also, let me say, remember uh, Sister Martha's son, Lee, I believe is his name. Remember Lee in, in prayer. Uh, uh, he, I, I think he tested maybe positive for the COVID, and so just pray for him that he goes through this okay, no problems uh, with that. And there's others who are, are, are having the same issue, and so remember them in prayer and ask the Lord to be with them. You know, as I said, we're living in some crazy times, difficult times. You know, sometimes what happens, uh, we can get so negative on everything that's happening and everything that's going on that we fail to see God's hand working. And we fail to see that God has a plan and that God's trying to do something in people's lives. To be honest with you, there's, most of us don't realize that, uh, boy, the mountaintops look beautiful. You're looking at them, but most of the food that you eat don't grow on the mountaintops. They grow down in the valleys. Most of the stuff that grows, grows down where what we call the valleys or the low plains and different places like that. The beauty, we might say, is up on the mountaintops. I could take you down into southeast Missouri, where I'm originally from, down there in Piedmont. And the second highest point in the state of Missouri is called Clark's Mountain. Piedmont sits at the foot of that, and that's what Piedmont means, foot of the mountain. And you, as, a, as a teenager, we had four-wheel drives, uh, us guys, and we would take and we would go up Clark's Mountain. It, had, it was a very rugged terrain going up through there, big rocks and stuff. And then we'd get up on top, several of us, a bunch of us get up there, and we'd sit on top of those rocks and... And you could look out for miles and miles and miles and miles. It was beautiful. 
and just even as a teenager, there was something about it that it was just something there. Of course, the big thing for us was going up there, climbing up through there with our four-wheel drives and stuff. And there was times you'd have to get out and have somebody stand in front of the truck and tell you which way to steer to hit the rocks enough just right to get up that mountain. And uh, we had a good time doing it, but we'd get up on top and, boy, just some breathtaking uh, uh, picturesque sight as you looked around. But you know what? Uh, nobody lived up there. Nobody lived up there. Everybody lived down at the foot of the mountain and in the valley parts, you might say. And down there was real life. Can I tell you something? That the mountaintops is not necessarily the real life, that sometimes the valley is the real life. But praise the Lord for the mountaintops at times. Amen. And, uh, but we need to learn to live through the difficulties and the struggles because I believe with all my heart that God has allowed those and many times even brings them into our lives that we might grow in Him, that we might live for Him so that the world can see Jesus Christ in our hearts and lives. And so we're going to look at some of this here. And, and many people are not navigating well in our day and time. I'm talking about Christians now, not handling it well. But I'll tell you what, every Christian ought to be rejoicing right now. Hmm. Every Christian ought to be rejoicing right now. Amen. You're getting there. <clears throat> the fact is that, hey, listen, we've, we've got a God in heaven. He's alive. Can I, let me say again. He's alive. Amen. Well, I'll tell you what, you begin to think about what we have, and, and we're just walking through a little bit of, of, of rough stone right now. Hey, listen, I don't know about you, but when I was a kid, now I couldn't do it now. We used to, in the summertime, the shoes come off, and you run around. I'm barefooted all over the place. Your feet got like leather. You could run on rocks and everything else. Man, I wouldn't even want to try that now. Uh, I'd be in the hospital. My feet would be up in the air or something. I don't know. But you know what? Sometimes that uh, we run through some difficult times. And we need to know how to handle them. In this series, I want to look at some things that will help us face the challenges and the chaotic times. But not just how to handle them so that we feel better but that we might be an example and a witness for the Lord. That people might see Jesus Christ in our lives. And that many times is one of the greatest needs today is for people to see the Lord in our lives. You see, there's going to be the troubled times. In John chapter 16, in verse 33, it says, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. Jesus said, listen, you're going to be in some difficult times. But you know what he says? He said, but what? Be of good cheer. He said, hey, listen, you need to think about this. He said, you're just passing through here. He said, be of good cheer because I'm with you. You see, life's not like a game of Monopoly. Most everybody in here has played Monopoly at some time in your life. And, and I, you know, you have all the cards that you draw and and you get that one special card everybody likes to get. Get out of jail free. Get out of jail free. Some of you wish you had that card right now. <clears throat> no, you're wanting to get out of church free is what you're wanting. But we ain't giving those out. Amen. <clears throat> and every one of us want one of those get out of stress free cards. When instead of get out of jail, we say, Lord, give me a get out of stress free card. You see, sometimes we think that because we're saved, that we shouldn't be going through problems, that we shouldn't have any stress, that we shouldn't have any difficulties, but that's not the case. It's not the case at all. You see, in this life, there's going to be troubles, there's going to be stress, and even at times, Jesus felt stressed and felt troubled. He said, now, preacher, you're stretching. He's God. He didn't feel troubled. Yeah, I did. 
and situations that came around him, just like when he saw Mary weeping over the death of her brother Lazarus. In John chapter 11 and verse 33, it says, When Jesus therefore saw her weeping and the Jews also weeping, which came with her, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. Hmm. You see, that's the humanity of Jesus Christ. Feeling, that's why he said that he can feel your infirmities. He knows what you're going through. Because he was able to feel that even when he was here. And so he groaned in his spirit and he was troubled. Another time Jesus was waiting for Judas actually to betray him and he was troubled about it. Knowing that he was going to the cross, knowing what was going to happen. He is God. He knows what's going to take place. But he's God man. And he has the same, had the same feelings you and I have. And there was a troubling in his heart when he began to think about that, that, that Judas was going to, was going to uh, betray him. In, in John 13, verse 21, it says, When Jesus had thus said, he was troubled in spirit and testified, said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. He was troubled. When I was studying and looking at this, I thought, you know, we never stop and think about Jesus feeling the stress or the trouble that maybe you and I feel today. But he did. He felt some of that. Now, he didn't let it get him down like we let it get us down. Because he's God. He knows the end to all of it. And he knows how it's all going to come out. You see, if Jesus felt the stress and the troubles as he walked here, be sure you and I are going to feel some of it. There's going to be those times. We're going to feel the troubles. So with all the, that and the foreknowledge of Jesus, he's sitting here with the disciples, uh, maybe in that upper room, and he's talking with them. And, his, and he, his disciples are beginning to get stressed because of, of what he's telling them. But he knows with his foreknowledge that there's coming a day when he is gone that they're really going to feel the stress. They're really going to be troubled. So he begins with words to calm their, their hearts by his voice, which is the author, you might say, of all creation. As he looks at them, he starts in verse 1, he says, Let not your heart be troubled. He said, Let not your heart be troubled. Now, I don't think he's saying you're wicked and wrong if you get stressed or if you have trouble. What he's saying really is don't be overcome by trouble. Don't let it control your life. Don't let it get you down. Don't let it destroy your walk with me. Don't let it be the forefront of your life. He said, yes, there's going to be troubles, but yet he says, let not your heart be troubled. The inner you, the one that knows Jesus Christ as their Savior. He's dealing with the disciples here. He's trying to help them to preparing them for when he is crucified, when he is buried, when he resurrects, and then when he's gone back to heaven to stay. So well, I want to look at a few things here. First of all, he, he, I think he's telling them here, believe in the person, Jesus Christ. Look at verse 1 again. It says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. You see, if you go back and you can go back in Deuteronomy and talk to and, and it gives them the command that there's to, to love and to with all their heart one God. That's called the Shema. Where they're to love one God, to serve one God, that there's not to be any other God before them. 
And he said they was familiar with that. The Jews were familiar with that, that there was to be one God. And now he's telling them, you believe in God, believe also in me. Believe also in me. Because he is God. And so he's trying to get their attention towards believing in him and trying to get them to realize the importance of it. He's saying, believe in who I am and who I am in your life. As you face the problems, uh, uh, maybe this week, maybe tomorrow, maybe today, maybe tonight. Do you know what he's saying? Believe in me. Believe in who I am. Even to the point of believe of who I am in your life. If you know Jesus Christ is your Savior, He's more than just a name. If you put your faith and trust in Him to, to keep your soul for eternity, He's more than just a Savior. He's the keeper of all your life, not just in eternity, but even now. He said, believe who I am, not just in heaven, but who I am in your heart and life. I think sometimes we stop. We don't stop and realize what we have when we have Jesus Christ as our Savior. When the troubles come and when the difficulties come so many times, uh, we forget about the one that dwells within us. We forget about what? Know ye not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own. For you've been bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and spirit which are God's. And we fail to re remember through the difficult times, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Why should I get stressed over this? Why should I let this trouble beat me down? Why should I let my problems become so heavy that it gets me down and away from God? Because I've got the living God dwelling within me. Amen. He said, believe in who I am. He said, put your trust in me. Follow me there. You see, he's the son of God. He's the creator of everything. He's the coming king. He's the judge that will judge all men. He's, a, he's the redeemer. He's all power. He's all knowing. He's all present. He's able to handle anything in your life. And he dwells within you. He said, believe who I am. Believe who I am. He said, you believe in God. Believe also in me. Trust me. Before you start getting overwhelmed, just who, who is Jesus in your life? And where is he in your life? And what does, he mean, what does it mean for him to be your Savior? Did you ever stop and think, well, what does it really mean for, for him to be my Savior? Oh, well, preacher, I got that real quick. Uh, it means I'm going to heaven. Okay, but is that all? That's where we're at sometimes as a Christian. We stop right there. Well, I'm going to heaven. He's my Savior. And he's my guide. He, he's the one that watches me over me. He's the one that protects me. He's the he's giver of life, and He's the one that shall sustain me. He's the one that loves me. He's the one that will be there when nobody else is there. He is my God. He is my Lord. He's my Savior. He's the Alpha, the Omega, the beginning and the end. He's the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He's the bright and morning star. He's a, the Rose of Sharon. He's, a, he's the one that is there for me at all times. He's God, and He's inside of me. Well, I'll tell you what, if we'd stop and realize what we've got. Whew. That's our problem today. We don't stop and realize what we've got. We fail to understand that when we 
receive Jesus Christ as our Savior, it's not just an invitation that's rolled out that we present to, uh, at, the, at the heavenly gates. No, my friend, He dwells within us. And when we walk through those heavenly gates, He's walking right with us through those heavenly gates. What a Savior. He says, do you believe in me? More than just salvation. He was talking to the disciples here. He was talking to those who already knew him as Savior. And he's saying, believe in me. He's talking to everyone in this room today. Uh, if you know him as your Savior, he said, believe in me. Believe in me that I can take care of your problem. Believe in me that I know what's going on in your heart and life. Believe in me that I'm adequate. Believe in me that I'm able. He's an almighty God. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. It's about time for those who profess Jesus Christ and is, in their, is their God to start living like it. In this day and time when the troubles and the difficulties come, boy, wouldn't it be refreshing to, instead of seeing people hang their head and, oh my, oh me, oh, woe is me. They get their heads up and say, man, yeah, things are tough, but boy, I got a good God. Oh, how good God is to us. It's about time for Christians to, to start acting like they believe in the one they say they believe in. It's about time Christians begin to share the one that they believe in with those that they tell that they believe in the one that they're, that they're talking about. It's about time for, for, for Christians to, in the church and they're sitting there listening to the preaching and, 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 and about the, the one that, that saved their soul to you know, say, boy, I've got something good. Amen, preacher. He's good. Amen. He's good God. And oh, how we need to realize what we have. He said, believe in me. Do you believe in him? You believe in him? He told those disciples, he said, believe in me. He said, you believe in God, believe also in me. Not only did he ask them to believe in him, but he Ask him to believe in a place. Look at verse 2. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. You see, he said, in my father's house are many mansions. And he's talking to them about heaven. He said, you know what? My father has... A wonderful place. My father is, has prepared and I'm going to be preparing for you. He said, in my father's house and many mansions, if it were not so, I would have told you. He said, but I'm telling you, it's so. You know what? Uh, we, need to, we need to believe and remember heaven is awaiting the born again Christian. It's amazing to me that we act like we have nothing beyond this place. We act like, boy, you know, I, boy, I just don't know what I'm going to do. Well, you know, the Bible, uh, we got a song in there, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't, I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, so many times we get so caught up here 
that we fail to remember what we have there. You ain't saying it. Do you realize what you got beyond here? And it gets sweeter all the time. I've got loved ones that's going on to be with the Lord. And it's getting sweeter all the time. I'm getting more on the other side. And it's getting sweeter all the time knowing that one of these days I'm going to get to see them again. It's getting sweeter all the time knowing that, that hey, listen, as I look at this world and the, and the chaos and I look at the, 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 the wickedness in the world, that, hey, listen, there's a place in heaven that God has prepared for me that, man, there's not going to be any more of this stuff. It's going to be a place uh, uh, that's wonderful. It's going to play, be a place of no more pain, no more sorrow, uh, and there's not going to be the struggles there. Oh, what a wonderful place. And sometimes we forget what we've got. But you see, we've got a job to do here for the Lord. Don't forget, it just gets better for the born-again Christian. All of it, preacher, gets heavy here. I understand. But guess what you've got? It's kind of like a, you've been out working all day and, and, and you're sweating and it's one of those hot days like we had last week where the temperature, the, the heat index was 110 and you're out there working in the heat and, and, and you're thirsty and you're tired. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, man, at 5 o'clock or, or 4 o'clock or whenever you get off work, man, I'm going home. There's going to be some sweet tea there. There's going to be a, a, a recliner I can sit down or a nice soft chair. I'm going to hop in that shower. I'm going to shower. I'm going to cool down. You're going to get all that dirt off of me. going to feel good. And, and I'm going to sit there in that air condition. It can get hot and steamy outside. I'm going to sit back with that nice uh, glass of uh, sweet tea and begin to sip on that sweet tea and, and maybe eat me a, 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 a nice supper. And boy, just relax and enjoy it. But in the back of your mind, you're thinking, if I can get through this day, it's going to be better. You ever been there? If I can just get through it, it's getting better. Can I tell you something? It's just going to get better. Amen. It's just going to get better. Instead of looking down our nose at all the problems and the struggles, it's going to get better. It's going to get sweeter. It's going to get more like home. So many, I remember traveling at different times and, and driving to, to preach uh, uh, revivals, maybe over in Illinois or someplace like that, and I would... I'd get done uh, uh, at 9 o'clock uh, or 8 or 9 o'clock or something like that. Or you say, yeah, probably 10 o'clock you preaching. And I'd, get, I'd get done about 8 o'clock uh, uh, preaching. And, and many times uh, at the end of the week, there'd be different ones that want to talk to me. And even uh, there was times that I would have a, a certain ones in the church say, hey, listen, I want, you, I want to take you out to, and buy you something to eat before you head home. And, and, and I, I really inside, I'm thinking, man, I want to go home. I, I just want to hit the road. I just want to, I want to get home to my wife and my kids. I just want to get home. I've got a, it's about, a, I don't know, maybe a five a, a hour, five and a half hour drive uh, where I was a preaching at and I, I knew that I was going to get home late and, and they would go and I would sit there and, and we'd visit. And I enjoyed visiting with them, and I enjoyed talking about the Lord, and I enjoyed praying with them and everything. But boy, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, man, it, it sure is going to be good to get home. I'm sure going to enjoy wrapping my arms around my wife. I'm going to enjoy uh, being sleeping in my own bed. I'm going to enjoy in the morning when I get up and walk down the uh, stairs to where uh, the kitchen is and, and get something out of the refrigerator. I'm going to enjoy my home. Hey, listen, I want you to know when I get in that truck, it, it might be 10 o'clock when I left there. Knowing that I was going to get home late, I'd, I'd start home. But boy, as soon as I get the closer home I got, it seemed like the faster that truck would go. 
I'd get a little closer and the faster it'd go. And surely the police ain't out at 2 o'clock in the morning. Not down where I'm from, they're not. <laughs> and I'd be driving along there. And I did exactly that. I'd start falling asleep. And I'd wake up. And I knew the road. And I knew that went a few miles and didn't realize I was asleep. And God says, but you wouldn't do you guys take care of that wheel down there? It tells an angel, get, get on that wheel down there. He's going to fall asleep and kill himself before he gets home. Get me home. No place like home. You go out on vacation. Oh, you've been planning it for a year, two years. Oh, we're going to go down, boy, we're going to do this. We're going down to the ocean. We're going here. We're going there. And boy, I tell you what, there's just something about coming home. Home. It's good to go, but boy, it's a lot better to come home. Walk inside. Oh, it just smells like home. Janine and I was out for a walk the other day and the other night, and you could hear those Katie Dids or locusts, whatever you want to call them. I hear them year-round most of the time. And uh, I told her, I said, you know what that reminds me of? She said, what? I said, back home when I was summertime being outside playing. It'd be getting dark. Boy, you could hear them things kicking in. And it's just some good old memories about home. Something about home. This world's not our home. We're just a passing through. My friend, hey, listen, when the stress begins to come, just realize you're not home yet. We're not home yet. I'll put up with a lot so I can get home. I'll, en I'll, I'll enjoy home a little bit later. But you know what? I think God wants me to enjoy what he's got for me now. I think he, he wants me to tell others about home. Every one of us in here, we talk about our childhood home. We can talk about this home. We can talk about that home. But there's no place like home. The home in heaven with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He, he, he said, listen, he said, I want to believe in a place that I have prepared for you. Now, this world is, is decaying and it's falling through, but there's been a, a new one coming and Jesus has been prepared for over 2,000 years. In Revelations chapter 21, in verse 1 he says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth were passed away and there was no more sea. And I saw John, uh, and I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven. Prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Man, just think about that. I remember standing down there that day uh, at uh, Temple Baptist Church there in Marshfield and, and, and standing there uh, beside uh, Brother Ivo Robson, the pastor of the church, and I was standing there and watching my bride come down that aisle. Woo, that's good stuff, man. Thinking. You say, what was you thinking when she's walking down that aisle? I get to kiss her in a few minutes. Say, so was that what you're thinking? No, but it sounds good. Amen. <laughs> Beautiful. As a bride adorned. Oh, home's looking good. Just think about it. 
You know, there's nothing really prettier than a bride. There really is not. I like what Brother Parker said one time. He said, I've never seen an ugly bride. I've seen a few shaky ones, but he said, I've never seen an ugly one. The fact of it is, the heavenly home. John's describing it coming down. It looks like a bride adorned for her husband. He said, I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and, and God himself shall be with them and, and be their God. And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor, uh, nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Man, it sounds good. There's just something about going home. I remember... Uh, going back, uh, back home with mom and you could walk in and you could smell the bread or you could smell this or you could smell that uh, cooking and you could tell that it was home because you could always recognize that smell. And you knew you was home. Well, I don't know about you, but I, I, I'm starting to, it seems almost like you're, you're starting to get a little bit of whiff of home, amen? Things are getting a little tore up around down here and, 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 and chaos is moving in and, and there's stress. But my friend, every once in a while, I think God just says, open the window, fan a little bit down there for them. Keep them reminded, boy, home's coming one of these days. He said, believe in a place. A place that Jesus himself has prepared for you and me. I'll do. It'll, all, it'll do us all good. Every once in a while, just to stop and think about home. Think about home. Think about heaven. He said, believe in a place he has for you. Then he said, believe and take a hold of his promises. Look in verse 3. Said, if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He gave them a promise. He knew they was going to be going through troubles, troubled hearts. And he said, I'm going to come back for you. You're going to go to be where I am. And you'll always be with me. He knew he was going to be leaving in a little while. He knew that it would, it would be difficult. It would be struggles. It would be a stress in them. There'd be troubled hearts. And we see if you go over how that they would, we preached about, read it this morning in John chapter 20, how that they locked themselves in the inner room. They were afraid. He says, I want you to believe. He said, I want you to believe the promises I'm giving you and the plans that I've made. That one day you're going to be with me forever. You know, sometimes we have to be away from loved ones. But to know that we'll be back with them, boy, it sure brings a joy in your heart. Probably just about everybody in this room 
has lost a loved one to death. It might be a child. It might be a spouse. It might be a mom. It might be a dad. Grandparents. People that meant a lot to us. That knew Jesus Christ as their Savior. And just thinking that, boy, one of these days, I'm going to get to see them again. I sometimes think about people that I'm going to get to see again. Old Brother Rice, Brother Clifford Rice. Had such an impact in my life. Brother Fate Shear, old Nazarene preacher, loved God. Brother Parker, my pastor. My grandma, my grandpa, my mom. Different ones that's went on before me. Janine's dad. People that's worked with me in the ministry. Brother Duke Etherton was my song leader and loved the Lord. And man, what a soul winner. Uh, you've heard me say it before, but we'd be going out on, uh, knocking on doors or or, or going out on visitation, and, and he'd be my partner that day, and we'd go, and I, I, I might have to stop and put some gas in the rig, and while I'm pumping gas, here's old Duke out there. Hey, do you know if you go to heaven, if you die today, give him a track. How about you over here? And I'd, be, I'd get done pumping, I'm ready to go, and I'm looking around. Where's Duke? He's all over that parking lot. He's chasing somebody down the street to give him a gospel track. Love the Lord. Love the Lord. Laid in the hospital with cancer, and Dying and every time I walk in the room, oh, he's just talking and bragging on the Lord. And, and every nurse and every doctor come in there, he's talking about the Lord and telling about how good Jesus is. I don't get to see him again. Brother Bell, my middle daughter's father-in-law passed away. He was schoolman for me in a and also a song leader. Went on to be the Lord. and Boy, loves the Lord. Get to see him again. Boy, heaven, just a sweet place, and he's made a promise. But the greatest of all that we would see there is that we would be in the presence of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Here's the heart of the message in verse 3. The heart of the message that Jesus gave his disciples here. He said, if I go and prepare a place for you. Now listen to it. I will. I will. I will. I will come again. And receive you unto myself. That where I am, there you may be also. Amen. A promise. When you're sitting here and thinking that everything's going south and everything's going bad, and just remember, he said, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. He said, well, preacher, that doesn't solve the problems that's going on. Oh, it will one of these days. It will one of these days. I might as well rejoice. Hey, listen, there's nothing like shouting before it gets here. Amen. Looking for his return, looking to be with him throughout eternity. 
He made a promise that he's coming back. You say, well, preacher, do you think that you'll be here when he comes back? I sure hope so. If not, he's going, he, he's going to take me in death and I'll be with him anyway. But I, I'm looking, for the, I'm looking for, for the upper taker, not the undertaker. Amen. I, I'm looking for him to catch me out of here. I think we're getting close. And, I, and, I, and I'm praying, Lord, would you just, Lord, just come back quickly. Even so, Lord Jesus, come quickly and, and catch us out of here. And boy, to be with him forever and ever and ever and ever. Never to leave his side again. Never to be out of his sight. Never to be away from him. Knowing that we're uh, uh, continually in his presence forever and ever. All things have changed. And there's no more sin. There's no more wickedness. There's no more death. There's no more sorrow. There's no more illness. There's no other stuff. And oh my soul, to be around the throne of God and to worship him and to magnify him throughout eternity. Woo, it don't get much better than that. Amen. He said, believe in my promises. Different people have counted the different promises throughout the scripture. The numbers vary on what they come up with as how many promises are in the Bible. But I'm going to tell you something. You can go from cover to cover on that book. And there's promise after promise. And God always keeps his promise. He said, believe in my promises. And by the way, when you get to that point, it's not just about going to heaven. He said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. He said, call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things, which thou knowest not. He said, if you'll draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. Those are promises. He promises. And here we sit twiddling our thumbs and worried and we have the promises of God. Not the promises of a government. <laughs> they can't keep them. The only thing they can do, well, we're going to promise to do this, so we're going to raise your taxes. That's the only promise they ever keep. The fact is, is that, hey, listen, my hope is not in this world. My hope is out of this world. In the Lord Jesus Christ. We have a promise. He said, believe in my promise. Trust me. That, pro that was a promise to them and to every born again believer. Even in his prayer, he prayed to be, prayed it to be forever. In John chapter 17, verse 24. As Jesus was praying what we call his priestly prayer. In John 17, in verse 24, he says, Father... I will that they also whom thou hast given me, and if you're saved, that's you, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. Now get a hold of this. Jesus made a promise over in chapter 14. In chapter 17, he goes to the father and says, Dad, I made this promise that they would be with me. And you want to glorify me and you want to glorify yourself. And so, Dad, 
I'm praying that we will keep that promise. Can I tell you something? I guarantee you the Father done said, oh, we'll keep the promise. We'll keep the promise. Absolutely nothing can break that promise of eternal life. Why should we worry and fear when we have the promises of God? Every promise of His Word is true. And in the promises of God is a plan to bring us to those promises. In John 14, 6, He said, Jesus saith unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man cometh unto the Father but by me. He says, I have a plan, first of all, on how you can be saved. He was preparing to go to the cross. His plan was he'd die for you and me. His plan was that he would rise from the grave. His plan was that he would reveal himself. His plan was that he'd go to the Heavenly Father. That he would intercede for you and me when we call upon him. It's kind of like this. If that's the Heavenly Father, and this is the Son, I go before the Son. Would you take care of this problem for me? And he intercedes and asks him to take care of the problem. Can I tell you, there's no problem that he couldn't take care of. But I'm going to tell you something. There's absolutely nothing that he can't take care of. Because they're one. He intercedes for you and me. He has a plan. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And he not only wants to give you life eternal, but he wants to give you abundant life. And he has a plan. Just like the plan that he has to save your soul, he has a plan for your life to give you abundant life. And too many Christians today are not experiencing, not living, and enjoying the abundant life that He has for them. They're so worried about all the things that's going on in the world. Can I tell you something? That even in the day when the disciples were worried and, and, the, and the stress was there, they was going through the, the, much of the same thing. They were looking to even kill the disciples. So what if they reject us? We have one that hasn't rejected us. Yes, he's a way of eternal life, but he's also the way through troubles of this life. And we can put our trust in him each and every day. He said, keep your head on straight. Keep your head on straight. He said, because... I'm coming back for you. He said, you believe in God? Believe also in me. He said, if I go away, I'm coming back for you. He said, I'm going to take care of it all. Yes, there's difficulties. Yes, there's problems. Even Jesus felt those troubles, times, and stresses, but he never let it get him down. There's a place prepared for you and me. You know Christ your Savior. Let not your heart 
be troubled. Keep your head on straight. And believe in the one that you said that you have put your faith and trust in and follow him. Let's pray. Father, we thank you and we love you. Lord, thank you that we have the promises of God. Thank you, Lord, that we have the truth of your word. We thank you that you've prepared a place for us. There's a home waiting for us. Lord, we thank you that even in this life, we can enjoy life and have it more abundantly even here. But, oh, Lord, I pray that our life would be a testimony and a witness for others to see. Let us not be those who are down and discouraged that this world might not see Jesus Christ in us. Lord, we've made professions of faith. We say that we believe in Jesus Christ. Lord, may we live in that manner, knowing that you're God. Have your will waste invitation, Lord. Encourage and strengthen. Help us, Lord, to be strong in the days ahead of us. Help us, Lord, to, be, uh, to rejoice. And, Lord, help us to enjoy the things of God. And we'll give you the honor and glory for our pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand with your heads bowed? While the piano begins to play, maybe you need to come.